into the message, movements, motions, and emotions of biblical worship. John 4, 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So there's a worshiping of God that comes worshiping in spirit, our most inner man, and in truth. 30 movements, motions, and emotions of biblical worship is the title of this message. I'm David Herobedian. I approve this message. <laughs> First Samuel 16, 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Man looks on outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. There was a time when David was in the Old Testament dancing before the Ark of the Lord, and David's own wife despised him because of his expression of worship. David was worshiping in spirit and in truth. And he may have been doing it in his ephod, his undergarment, in front of everybody publicly. Now, I'm not suggesting that's how we worship. Keep your clothes on, unless you're alone, you know. But that day he was exuberant before the Lord because the ark of the Lord had been returned. But David's wife, Michaelah, she despised him in her heart. And she spoke against the Lord's anointed, the king, David, who was anointed to be prophet, priest, and king. And she says, will you, you know do this and like one of the vile fellows in front of the, 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 the servant girls, you know, what are you doing? Don't do that. She became high minded. Her nose was so high in the air that if it had rained that day, she would have drowned. <laughs> and sometimes we can have our nose so high in the air when we see somebody else with exuberant worship because they're expressing themselves in a way that's different than us, that we can despise them, but don't do it because it says this, that David's wife, Michaela, she was barren in her womb from that day forward. She couldn't conceive or give birth. Now, whether they didn't come together again or her womb was closed, the point is prophetically, spiritually, when we speak against the anointing of the Holy Spirit or the motions, movements, and emotions of worship that is being expressed by the Holy Spirit through that individual that's different than the way we express it, we can actually become spiritually barren. Interesting, isn't it? So let's respect one another's expressions of worship and if it's them being an exhibitionist, if it's them in the flesh, it'll die down over time. But if it's God and we speak against it, it can cost us till we repent. So right now, Lord, we just repent for anything that we've said against any of your servants that we did not understand at the time. And we now start afresh with you. We ask you to wash us with the cleansing blood of Jesus, change our mind, give us the mind of Christ that we might discerningly see what we have not been able to see, that we might step in and operate in all the expressions of worship that you want us to partner with you in to glorify your name. Amen and amen. And now I shall drink a bit of water before we get into the 30. And we're going to bounce through these. We're not going to spend 10 minutes on each one, which I would like to do, but we're not going to. I might have to write a book on this. Okay. So first of all, the uh, Cain, okay, let's talk about Cain and Abel. Genesis 4, 4 through 7. 
So Genesis chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, Cain and Abel, brothers, Eve conceived once, but she gave birth twice, so they're twins. So Cain and Abel are twins. But Abel brought fat portions for some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked at him, looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering he did not look on with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So Cain and Abel had the same opportunity. It wasn't a, a, a grain offering versus a meat offering that made it acceptable or unacceptable to the Lord. Because you see grain offerings and heave offerings and wave offerings and everything else accepted in the book of Leviticus. The reason that Cain's offering was rejected and Abel's offering was accepted was the state of the human heart. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How do I know this? Because it says this, that Abel brought the first flocks or the first fruits. It says that Cain brought his offering at the end of days. Well, what's the difference? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so the first flocks is Abel who brought an acceptable offering. He brought it by faith because they were the first of his flock. He didn't know whether there was going to be wolves in the area that were going to eat his animals. He didn't know whether there was going to be some that died by plagues. What did he do? He brought the first fruits by faith. Cain, on the other hand, once he saw the harvest come in, he brought God the leftovers by sight. For we walk by faith like Abel with the first fruits, not by sight like Cain with the leftovers. One day I was uh, just coming off a two or three day fast with some friends. We were in prison and we'd gotten kind of like a bootleg pizza out of the uh, officer's mess hall. And uh, so they brought it to us and, you know, tax dollars hard at work. And, you know, we felt like we, we were going to eat that and it was good. And, you know, God had allowed us to have that. As a matter of fact, one of the staff members had blessed the guy who made it for us. And, you know, so it was kind of like one of those sanctioned deals. So here we've got this pizza and it's got all this extra cheese and the smell and it's just come out. And there's three of us getting ready to break a fast. And, you know, three guys in prison, two day, three day fast. You know, we're going to devour that pizza. And some inmate who wasn't as spiritual and religious as us on a fast comes walking in and didn't deserve our pizza in our minds and he comes walking in he goes hey what are you guys doing uh we're just getting ready to uh eat and he goes wow where'd you get that pizza I'm like don't ask questions in the big house pal <laughs> and he's like okay okay i'm like you know we got it at the getting place and he's like the getting place i said yeah you know where the getting place is at he said no i said that's why you ain't got that's right <laughs> anyway just some prison terminology so so I realized that this guy wants to eat a slice of our pizza. And I'm looking at the other two guys, and they're like, this guy's not going to get our pizza. And I'm thinking, oh, aren't we spiritual? Got all selfish after a two- or three-day fast. Oh, aren't we passing this test, right? And so I finally looked, and I said, we're just going to go ahead and pray over this. And I prayed over it. And I said, would you like a piece of pizza? And he goes, oh, you know, sure would. That's awesome. The other guys looked at me. I go, we're going to give you our first fruits offering. And so we gave him the first slice out of that whole perfect pie. And you want to know what happened? Our stomachs were shrunk up from the three-day fast or whatever it was. We couldn't finish it anyway. But my point is this. How would that guy have felt 
had we eaten pizza in front of him and when we realized we couldn't finish it we gave him the last fruits and the leftovers offering it would have been the exact same pizza exact same calories exact same protein exact same flavor but it would have changed the spirit of the transaction because we were walking by sight with what we had as leftovers we had enough to give under the guy because we were satisfied but instead we were very hungry and we gave the first fruits offering to somebody who in our minds didn't qualify but he qualified in God's eyes and we ended up leading him to Christ and he became a disciple of the Lord through the ministry of pizza that's right so by honoring God and honoring other people by faith with the first fruits, it changes the atmosphere. And so Cain's offering was a last fruits by faith and rejected, and sin was crouching at his door seeking to have him. Abel gave a first fruits offering by faith and was honored by God. Cain ended up slaying or murdering his twin brother. And was banished to the land of Nod, which means wandering for the rest of his life. Okay, so give your first fruits. Don't be like Cain and go kill your brother. And if you're not your brother's keeper, you could end up your brother's killer. Okay, <laughs> be careful. Okay, just talking biblically. And by the way, that was the spirit of jealousy. The spirit of jealousy is a murdering spirit. So when they say, oh, you know, she's just jealous of me, that's a murdering spiritual character assassinates you. The guy says, you know, he's just jealous of me. Guess what? He'll steal your goods. He might, might, might rob your house. He might, might take. Be careful with that spirit of jealousy and don't put things in people's face because if they have a jealous spirit, they will go behind and undermine you. In fact, you know, we're even careful at this point what we're posting up on social media because as God is blessing our lives right now, not everybody's happy about that. They should be, but they're not. And so we're having to dial down because not everybody celebrates what God's celebrating. So if God's celebrating somebody, celebrate them as well with God, partner with him. Amen. You know what I do when I see God blessing somebody? I like to sow into their lives. I do. I give them clothing. I honor them. I take them out to dinner because God is blessing that person. I want to partner with God and participate in that because whatever we partner with God in, it, it gets enhanced. Anyway, so don't speak against him. You know, bless him. Strong's Old Testament Hebrew word for worship is the word shakah. It's Strong's Hebrew 78, 12. And it means to bow down, to depress down, or to prostrate oneself before a superior in homage, before God in worship, or wrongly before a false god. Or you, some people prostrate themselves before an angel, and an angel will say, get up, worship God only, for I am your fellow servant. So the Hebrew New Testament word, or the, that's the Old Testament word, shaka, Strong's Hebrew 78, 12, and the New Testament Greek word, because the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, the New Testament's written in the Koine Greek language. And uh, the, the New Testament Greek word is number 4352 in Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. It's the word proskunite. Proskuneo, proskuneo, and it means to kiss the hand towards one in a token of reverence. When your dog comes up to you when you come home and he licks the back of your hand, 
That's a form of worship. So the closest thing we have to worship is your dog coming up and licking your hand in reverence and appreciation as you're the master that provides for him his food and his water and takes care of him. And, every, and if you leave the house, he's like, you know, so sorry you're gone. And you leave and you forgot your sunglasses in the house. And you come back in the house 90 seconds later, the dog is elated to see you as if you've been gone two weeks. What's he do? He licks the back of your hand. He worships the ground you walk on because you are his master, his provider, the one that puts out his water and his food, takes him to the vet if he gets sick. He's excited to see you. And that's how we should be when we see God. That's what worship is at its core. We should be excited to worship him every opportunity we get because he's the provider. So in other words, among the Orientals, uh, especially the Persians, worship was to fall upon the knees and touch the ground with the forehead as an expression of profound reverence. Trust me, when God shows up in a prison cell and Jesus appeared to me in a prison cell, I got on my knees before him and bowed before him. The presence of God was so strong. And you can also kneel in prostration or do homage to one or make obeisance, whether in order to express respect or to make supplication. It's used of homage shown to men being or in beings of superior rank, the Jewish high priest, to God, to Christ, to heavenly beings. And you don't want to bow down to demons, but demons love worship. So don't worship the enemy and uh, don't worship uh, a 90 foot idol of gold like they were required to do in the days of Daniel when they refused to do so, they were thrown in the fiery furnace, but they didn't bow and they did not burn. And the fourth man showed up in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his name was the Son of God. And they didn't get burned and they came out without the smell of smoke on their hair, their body, or their clothing. And they were exalted into the three positions of authority because they refused to bow down to false gods. And you say, well, David, we would never bow down to a 90-foot idol of gold, but you might buy a bow down to your car or your Rolex watch or your diamond ring. When you walk in, look what my husband bought me. You know, I need a pulley to lift my hand. Glory be to me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Let us worship and bow down. So we can end up worshiping things or our football teams or our baseball teams or our job or even these are my wonderful children. This one's a doctor. This one's an accountant. You know, so we want to thank God for those things. And we want to express it in a way that this is the blessing of the Lord and point people back to him with the things he gives us. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. But if we seek the things first like Cain, we could slay our brother Abel. We don't want to be rejected. We want to be accepted. And this, the playing field is equal for everyone, whether we realize it or not. For God does not look on the outward appearance as man looketh upon your Chanel purse and your Versace suit. God looketh upon the heart. Now, by the way, if he gives you those things, that's great. But I've been in khakis for 20 years in prison with a t-shirt with my number on it. And I was living like a king in prison, but I looked like a pauper. Then I came out and God began to bless me and gave me nice clothes, but I didn't have any money when I first many, many years. But I looked good. So everything can be, you know, just like, the whole thing is, are you right with God? And that's what God looks at is upon 
the heart. And this is why worship is so important. God's, God shows up when we do something to attract him. Psalms 33, 1 through 5. And when we do something to attract God, which is worship, praise, thanksgiving, he shows up. God inhabits the praises of his people. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Psalms 104 and Colossians 4.2. We enter his courts with praise. Psalms 100 verse 4. And also Psalms 100 or 150 verses 1 through 6 and Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. But worship comes when we worship him in spirit and in truth. So we give thanksgiving with our hand clasps for things we see. We give him praise with our mind, will, and emotions, right? We praise you, Lord. But worship comes by seeing him. Outer courts, thanksgiving. We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We enter his courts with praise. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad. But those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So outer courts is thanksgiving, inner courts is praise, and holy of holies is worship. And the only time we can worship him is when he reveals himself to us. When we want to bow and lick the back of his hand, he's master. So what are the expressions of worship? And when he reveals himself, like when the angels, the seraphims go around the throne of God and they would say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah chapter six. Here's what would happen. I believe every time the angels went around and they went around, God revealed another facet of himself. He just kind of opened his coat. This is another thing. Oh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And every time they honored him, he literally reveals another facet of his greatness. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When you worship God, he will reveal things to you that you would never know without worship because you attract him when you worship him. And miracles happen based upon proximity to him. So when you hang out with him, his presence and his power goes with you. Peter's shadow healed the sick and cast out devils in Acts chapter 5. It wasn't Peter's shadow that did it because if it was Peter's shadow, it only would have worked on a sunny day. It was the Holy Spirit shining out of him. The episkizo in the original Greek language, the adumbration of his glory it's the same type of glory that came upon Mary when she said, how will this be that I will be with child? I have never known a man. I've never been intimate with a man. The episkizo, the adumbration of God's glory will come upon you. The spirit of God will overshadow you and you will be conceived with a child. When Peter, Mary conceived on the inside, when the glory of God came on Peter, it's shown on the outside because there's different expressions of the glory of God. And Peter's shadow, which was the radiant manifest presence of God shining out of Peter healed the sick and cast out devils. I was walking through a church service. I was walking in the back, going to the front and the glory of God was on me at that moment as I walked by uh, the shadow of the Holy Spirit's presence Upon me, I didn't even know what was happening. person told me afterwards. They said, when you walked by me, I felt the heat go up my right leg and it went through my body and I was delivered with the spirit of alcohol instantly. And I was like, oh, praise God. See, I didn't even know. 
people would reach out and touch the hem of Jesus's garment by faith and it would pull virtue out of him. The woman with the blood issue was healed when she touched the hem of Jesus's garment. He says, who touched me? And they said, well, master, the, the, the people are thronging you. There's all kinds of multitudes here. We don't know who touched you. He says, no, one of them touched me and I felt virtue or dunamis, miracle working power go out of me. Who touched me by faith? You know, you can be in a service and other people are getting healed and you can miss your day of visitation because you didn't reach out by faith. Wow. In Acts chapter, in Luke chapter five, there was uh, the power of God was present to heal the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but none of them got healed. But a guy got lowered through the tiles and the roof into the presence of Jesus, he got healed. Why did only one get healed when the power of God was present to heal them all? Only one reached out by faith and virtue came out. Are you hungry for Jesus? You know, in Luke chapter 24 on the road to Emmaus, the disciples who'd been with Jesus for three and a half years didn't recognize him in his resurrected state. And they thought he was dead and not resurrected. They didn't know. And as they walked with him on that long road to Emmaus, I think it's like 20 miles or something like that. And uh, don't quote me on that. So it was a long walk and they would walk about 12 and a half miles a day at that time. During the daylight, they wouldn't walk at night because there'd be robbers out, it'd be dangerous. And so they were turning in for the night and Jesus would have walked on, but they constrained him. They said, our hearts burned within ourselves as you expounded the scriptures. They were telling Jesus who was in his resurrected state about how Jesus had been crucified, their, 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 their leader. And they didn't even recognize him in his resurrected state. The Bible says their eyes were holding, they couldn't see who he was, yet their hearts burned within themselves when he talked and he expounded on all things that must happen from the Old Testament, the 333 Old Testament prophecies about the coming, the death, the burial, the resurrection of this Messiah and how he fulfilled all of them. And this is what happened. They said, please, they constrained him to come in and stay with him, them for the night. And it came to pass as they constrained him to come in, that's when their eyes were open and they realized it was Jesus. And he disappeared out of the midst. Sometimes you don't even know it's God in your midst speaking with you and to you, but your heart will burn on the inside. But if you latch onto him and you hang on to him and you ask him to reveal himself and you constrain him to walk with you, if you'll wrestle with God and not give up until he blesses you like Jacob did, you'll get a blessing and your name will be changed from Jacob to Israel. Jacob means manipulator, liar, deceiver thief, supplanter. Israel means soldier with God. You know, he can change your name on the road to Damascus like he did from Saul to Paul. He can do it like that in an instant. He did that for me in a prison cell 32 years ago. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Quickly, these are the 30 emotions, movements, and emotions of worship. And why do we share these? Because we want to be respectful of other people expressing what God has put in them and honor that and look for God in the midst and not be too religious or highfalutin or be drowned in the rain. Number one, bowing, Psalms 95, verse six. Number two, kneeling, Ephesians 3, 14. Number three, laying prostate, prostrate, uh, Numbers 20, verse six. Number four is weeping, Psalms 56, verse eight through 10. Number five is laughing, you know, laughter doeth good like a medicine. 
My wife has the spirit of laughter come on her sometimes. When things are the toughest, all of a sudden she'll press into God. God, I'm not happy about this, and this isn't right, and this is going wrong, and they did this, and I need a sign from you. And God will speak something to her in the midst of that. Give him, give her his perspective on it. Because the Lord sits in the heaven and laughs. He knows he has a wicked and derision. He's got him. Nothing happens. You know, God's never surprised. Like somebody does something and God's like, we go to God and he's like, they did what? Boy, that took me by surprise. I can't believe that. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. Oh, I got to get with the angels and figure out what to do here. Plan B. No, God already has the answer before the problem ever showed up. We just don't have it. And so what will happen is Joanna will be all of a sudden, she'll get a holy laughter and I'll hear her laughing at in the other room and I'm like well she got the breakthrough and it's a contagious laughter because it's a holy laughter that comes upon her that's the way that he sets her free from anguish and pain and the vicissitudes of life and he'll do it with you in a different way I don't really get the laughter I get a revelation and I'm like ah oh, I like that that's the strategy of heaven so I'm like a different different personalities different gift mixes so Laughing, Philippians 4, 4. Weeping, Psalms 56, 8 through 10 is number four. Number six, leaping, Luke 6, 23. There's some people, they just start leaping and jumping and praising God. When man in Acts chapter three got healed, he began to walk and leap and praise God. It caught everybody's attention. It opened the door for the gospel to be preached. And the number of believers was added to the church that day was about 5,000. So with his leaping and praising God, 5,000 got saved. Pretty cool, huh? Well, if you'd just been crippled from your mother's womb and you just got completely healed, you'd probably leap and praise God as well. What would you use? You'd use your legs that you couldn't use for the first many years of your life. Number seven, spinning and turning, 2 Samuel 6, 16. David spinned and turned in front of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, remember, not everybody appreciated what he was doing, specifically his wife. Kind of ended the marriage, I guess, but be careful what you say against your husband when he's under the anointing or what you say against your wife when she's under the anointing. So number eight, processional marching, Joshua 6, 1 through 11. They marched and God brought down the walls of Jericho. Number seven, or number nine is singing, Psalm 7, 17. You can sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Also singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, Ephesians 5, 19 is number 10. Number 11 is playing instruments, 2 Samuel 6, 4 through Five, I know people that love to play the guitar unto the Lord. My wife loves to play the piano, and she'll just go in there for an hour or two, and the pres I'll walk in in the presence of God, and I'll almost knock you over when you walk in because the glory of God. She's opened a portal. So I never say, please don't play that piano. I'm like, please, play the piano. I want the presence of God. I want to fall on my face before him. And, you know, the atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. When you have that expectant spirit, when God arises, let his enemies be scattered. He inherit, inhabits the praise of his people. When you praise him and worship him, the presence come in. It opens a portal. And when God comes in, his angels come. And now the answers come. So worship will get you things with God that nothing else will. Nothing else will. Thanksgiving will get you some things. Praise will get you some things. But worship will get you everything you need. That you can only worship him as he reveals himself to you. And it comes through thanksgiving for what we have seen, praise for what we believe he's bringing, and worship is when he reveals himself. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Okay, number 11, playing instruments. Number 12, speaking in tongues, 1 Corinthians 
14, verse 15, and Acts 10, 44 through 46. Playing instruments, uh, number 11 is 2 Samuel 6, 4 through 5. Some people ping me on Facebook or, uh, you know, ask me, well, you, you left out a verse. It's like, you know, three years later, I'm like, I got to go back and put the verse back in. So that's why I just did that. Um, you can speak in tongues. You can also sing in tongues. So a lot of times when you're speaking in tongues, all of a sudden you'll get a breakthrough and you'll be like, and then all of a sudden an interpretation will come in English or it'll be melodic. And when you come out of that atmosphere, praying in tongues and singing in tongues with the breakthrough and getting an interpretation, there's such a refreshing to your spirit. You'll go into your prayer closet, scared, angry, frustrated, not knowing an answer. You'll come out an hour or two later and you're like, bold as a lion, everything's cool. You're like, well, wait a second. What, what happened? I don't know, but something happened in there. Everything's going to be fine. Well, you told me it was this and that. Oh yeah, it still is in the natural, but it's all getting ready to change. I felt something shift in the prayer closet. Well, what happened? Shift happened. That's right. It happened in the prayer closet. Things shifted. What are you guys thinking? Okay, so to the pure, all things are pure. Okay, so playing instruments, 2 Samuel 6, 4 through 5, speaking in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14, 15, and Acts 10, 44 through 46. Singing in tongues, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15. Speaking to yourself. You know, you can speak to yourself and it's a form of worship. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you have to do self-talk and speak. You're more than a conqueror. You're, 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 you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and the devil's in your ear going, well, you did this and you did that. No, no, I'm forgiven by the blood. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. And when you do that, it's a form of worship because you're agreeing with God and you're worshiping him by agreeing with him. And speaking back to yourself, David encouraged himself with the Lord. In 1 Samuel verse 30, verse 6, he encouraged himself after he'd lost everything at Ziglag and his, 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 his uh, compadres, his soldiers wanted to kill him. What did he do? He stepped into an act of worship and he began to encourage himself in the Lord. Lord, send me an angel to encourage me. Send Jesus to encourage me. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is encouraging you through the difficult season. But it's really Him encouraging you and you in agreement by yoking yourself together to speak the word of the Lord to yourself to encourage your soul instead of agreeing with the word of the enemy that's in your ear, Diabolos, coming in to pound to get in. Number 15, standing and lifting hands. First Corinthians, you know, First Kings 8.22, speaking to oneself, Ephesians 5.19. Number 16, sitting, 2 Samuel 7, 18. Now, can you sit and worship? Absolutely. Some people sit and they're stoked. I mean, I'm at church sometimes. There's hundreds of people there. And one of the ways that I get into the presence of God while everybody's dancing and leaping and raising their hands and they're all in one accord, I like to sit and get into the atmosphere of God. And what will happen is I can kind of sense people looking at me like, what's wrong with him? He's not part of the church. He's no we're all part of the church if we're born again, and what, but we express ourselves differently. There was a great revivalist in the uh, 1800s, and in the 1800s, what happened was this, great moves of God, and they couldn't explain the manifestations that were happening. And one day, four men came to the altar, and they came to the altar, and as he stepped down, one of them, as he led them in the salvation prayer, four of them slumped around him. One, slumped against him and was praising God. Another one 
was on the ground leaping or weeping because of his, the freedom that he'd gotten from his sin. The other one was expressing praise because he'd been free from the sin. Another one was laughing because he'd been set free from his sin. The other one had slumped stoic and couldn't talk and couldn't move because that was his expression of worship and appreciation. Which one was the Holy Spirit? All four of them. But if you got saved and it was laughter, you think everybody ought to laugh when they get saved. If you got saved and you were stoic, you, you would think that you would have the stoic congregation. And what happens is we should not gravitate toward the people that are most like us to affirm us in our echo chamber of rightness. We should get into the diversity of worship and learn more ways in which God reveals himself. So every time we go around the circle with the Lord, it's holy, holy, holy for the Lord God Almighty. How the whole earth is full of his glory because he reveals another facet of himself to us in the process. So we appreciate other members in the body of Christ, the way they do things and express themselves differently than us because there's the God who says, nevertheless, that means he's always the more. So standing and lifting hands, sitting. Number 17, clapping hands. Psalm 70, 47, one. Some people will, I'll be preaching and all of a sudden they'll be like, you preach it, brother, you preach it. I mean, this was their expression, right? Now, if it's not obnoxious, I celebrate that. In certain denominations, a lot of people love to clap their hands in certain cultures. And, you know, some people do it in the flesh and then I'll kind of adjust my message into different expressions and difference between led by the spirit and just expressing the flesh. But a lot of times it, it encourages, they'll help you preach. It's like them saying, amen. Other people will get up and go, hallelujah, glory to God. You know, I've got this one wonderful CD that I can't use. Here's why. There was a woman throughout the entire thing. She's yelling and screaming the whole time. She's so excited, but nobody really wants to hear that on a CD. But God wanted to hear it. And he was pleased with her and I was. Just couldn't use the message with groups. Yet God used her later on in my life to get me on an international television program because she was led by the Spirit and wrote an email in the middle of the night, put it in the drafts folder. And the next morning she had confirmation. She sent one email. The next thing you know, I'm on an international TV broadcast because the person, amen, hallelujah. But years later, God used her for multitudes to hear it and they had a record number of salvations on that program record number for like three years so we're closing out we're finishing up the 30 different types of movements motions and emotions of biblical worship so we can get in the sandbox and play together fairly and not throw sand in each other's eyes because somebody's sitting stoic get up brother you need to praise him sit down brother you need to be stoic well, I'm just over here laughing away. You're disrupting the service. Well, so-and-so's over there weeping. Well, he needs to be thrown out too. When he gives glory to God and it's God's children getting set free, rejoice in the Lord always again. I say rejoice. So clapping hands, clapping hands Psalms 47.1. Hand raising, Psalms 134.2 and Psalms 141.2. Running, 2 Chronicles 23.12. Running is an interesting anointing. Sometimes people will get a running anointing, they'll run around the church. Other people will say, well, run with me. And they'll try to stir up the anointing by running, but God's not in it because that's not what he's doing. All of a sudden, somebody will get a running anointing and it'll come on 
like a bunch of people and they'll start running around the church and God will do some stuff. And they'll be like, come on, run with me. I'm like, I'm not feeling it. You know, and I'll run a lap and it's not my expression, but it is theirs. I've also had the running anointing come on me before, but it's not the normal. Okay, waving and swaying, Exodus 29, 24. And it's running is 2 Chronicles 23, 12. So waving and swaying, sometimes I remember I was at the, uh, I, I, a lot of times when I'm stoic before the Lord, all of a sudden some thing will come on me, I'll stand up and I'll begin to wave my hands before the Lord and I'll actually start to do a prophetic expression when the anointing becomes strong and the presence becomes strong and it'll be almost like a sign language that will happen and it's beautiful, I've never seen it on video, but I'd like to see myself in that anointing, but it's not like I'm not recording myself under that anointing because I have an audience of one and I'm focused on him licking the back of the master's hand. Okay, number that's 2021 is shouting, 2 Samuel 6.15. Number 22, shaking and trembling, Psalms 99.1. Number 23, dancing, Psalms 149, verse 3, and Psalms 150, verse 4. Did you know that Jesus rejoiced in spirit? The word rejoiced in spirit in the book of Luke, it means that he twirled about with a reckless abandon. That's right. Jesus twirled about with a reckless abandon. Thank God David's wife wasn't there. She'd probably been upset about that. Okay, shaking and trembling, dancing, waiting before the Lord. Psalms 40, verse 1. I will wait upon the Lord. Stoic, wait, silence. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nation. Psalms 46, 10. Number 25, silence. So you've got waiting, you've got silence. Psalm 46, 10. Number 25, number 26, offering sacrifices. Genesis 4, 4. Like Abel did of first fruits on the pizza to the guy who didn't deserve it, versus the leftovers like Cain, you can have whatever you got left. So always give him the first fruits and just ask him to reset the clock if you've kind of fallen prey there. In Leviticus 27, verse 30, it says if you hold back the tithe, you have to bring it in the next round, but you have to pay a 20% VIG penalty. Talk about mafia. Yeah. So you might as well pay it now instead of having to pay a fifth part thereof. Psalm, yeah, Leviticus 27, 30, verse 30. It's, it's in the Bible. I'm just letting you know. You know, we're, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. You know, you'll either give God the tithe or you'll give or the devil will steal it from you, but you'll never keep it. Amen or ouch. Oh, virtualchurchmedia.com forward slash give. Okay. So prophesying uh, offering sacrifices, Genesis 4, 4, and 1 Chronicles 21, 21 through 24. 27 is prophesying, is a form of worship. And then um, the other is uh, taking off clothing. Okay. 1 Samuel 19, 23 to 24, and 2 Samuel 6, 14 through 20, and Isaiah 20, verse 2. Isaiah walk naked. Am I recommending that? You better be led by the Spirit. <laughs> Especially if you come out of a certain lifestyle, don't think it's God. You know, God will take you out of that lifestyle. So, uh, but at home, it may be something different where you, you know, worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And you might be fully in the Spirit. There's freedom in that, yeah. Okay, and so uh, number 29, rejoicing in spirit. Luke 10, 21, Jesus rejoiced in spirit, twirled about with a reckless abandon in the original Koine Greek language. And number 30, Big drum roll, pouring out our soul before the Lord. 1 Samuel 1, 15, King James Version. So Hannah poured out her soul 
before the Lord to the point to where Eli thought she was drunk. And he rebuked her. Now here's the high priest doesn't recognize the anointing of the Holy Spirit on a woman. Yet when he realizes it's really the Lord as she's pouring out her soul, he repents and he blesses her. And he says, whatever you ask of the Lord, he will give you. And then Hannah, whose name means grace, was given a child by the name of Samuel. And she consecrated him unto the Lord and he was a great prophet. So you might feel barren, but as you worship, God will conceive something in you. And that's a whole lot better than seeing somebody who's worshiping and you speak against them and you become barren. Let's close. Lord, we thank you for the 30 motions, movements, and emotions of biblical worship. And we sure know that there's a lot more than that, but this is what you've revealed so far. We pray that as we worship you like the seraphims around the throne of God in a prayer closet or in a corporate worship service that every time you would reveal yourself to us and we would say holy 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 is the Lord God almighty the whole earth is full of his glory filled with his glory we pray Lord that you would reveal another facet of yourself that we might know you and the power of your resurrection and then share you with others that we come into contact with, that you highlight that you want to do something for. And Lord, if you never speak to us, we will still tell people about you. But Lord, we know that people more want to hear from you than to hear about you. Show us how to be the bridge to connect people with you by the prophetic voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through us, whether by word of knowledge, word of wisdom, dream, vision, whether it's power evangelism, prophetic evangelism, a demonstration of your love, of giving, an act of kindness, patting somebody on the shoulder, giving them something, or giving them a hug, crying with those that cry, weeping with those that weep, and laughing with those that laugh, rejoicing with those that rejoice. Whatever it is, Lord, we come into yoke, fellow agreement with you, we know that you are the one that makes it possible. And Lord, I just is, I'm, I'm closing, I'm just thinking about how the dog is an example of how he licks the back of the master's hand. And your name is G-O-D, and you sent a D-O-G, a dog, to come show us how to worship. So Lord, we come today as your sons and daughters, and we worship you in spirit and in truth. And we thank you for revealing yourself so we might act the way you want us to act, even if it's as a vain fellow or a vain woman in the eyes of others, because we know you do not look on outward appearance as man looketh, but you looketh upon the heart. We pray that our hearts would be clean before you and fill us with your goodness. We thank you for washing us with the blood. And we repent for anything we've said against others in the past. We thank you for clean slate and reveal yourself more and more that we might say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory that others might know you in the power of your resurrection. Those in agreement said, amen. Amen. I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. 
and we are the Herobedians, Queens, yeah, 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 and virtualchurchmedia.com. We love you and the Lord, and we look forward to seeing you next week on Quantum Kingdom Life, and you can also visit us at virtualchurchmedia.com. Be enabled. Give a first fruit. God bless you.